is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Jeremy Lee in the building and every guest that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates, hobby talk like you never seen it. Sports cards live and none could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. And all right, here we go, everybody. Welcome to episode number 185 of Sports Cards Live. It is Saturday night, May the 27th, 2023, and my name is Jeremy Lee. I would like to thank Ken Cairns from Sports Card Lessons for joining us last time. Let everybody know tomorrow on the channel, 9.30 Eastern, is the PWCC Weekly Hockey Auction coverage with Josh Magadigan from the Hockey Cards Gong Show. Also on Tuesday, this Tuesday coming up, is episode three of Taking Stock. It's a new show that I'm doing in collaboration with the Sports Card Dad Network, featuring myself and Dennis Zender, also known as PC with DPZ on Instagram. You may know him from his collector series that he used to do on the Luca Tiger LeBron podcast and has now taken his act over to the Sports Card Dad channel. On episode three, we will be taking stock of the issues concerning buying the card and not the grade. Please join over 300,000 people who have already downloaded the Center Stage app across both iOS and Android for quick comps and card management features. Their app is the fastest and most accurate at card shows or at home to help you price your cards, build, organize, and share your collection with your friends and find other collectors to follow using their new social sharing features. They've announced some exciting new partnerships so check out their Instagram account for more information and join me in supporting the team they have there and the innovation they are undertaking. And also, use protection, everybody. Practice safe swaps. Veriswap is an app and middleman service that lets you securely trade cards through the mail. Every transaction up to $1 million in value is fully insured by their guarantee. To use Veriswap, upload your inventory, make trade, partial trade, or full cash offers and negotiate with thousands of traders already on the platform. Check them out on iOS and Android. And as part of a special offer, your first trade on Veriswap is only $1. There's a referral link in the in the video description below. Also, be sure to check out Hobby News Daily for your daily dose of hobby news and entertaining content, a collaboration of various content creators and original writers, and just launched last month. They're doing a great jo job over there at Hobby News Daily. Shout out also Leighton Sheldon. He'll be joining us a little bit later. Leighton from Just Collect for our Vintage Spotlight segment. And as always, I, I will I like to do this. I'm not ever going to stop thanking everybody for tuning in, all of our loyal viewers and listeners. And if you are not yet subscribed to the Sports Cards Live YouTube channel, please take a moment and do so. All right. Tonight's guest. Tonight's guest got started in the hobby in 1963, collecting CFL. That's Canadian Football League cards from post Serial boxes. Aside from a short break between 1993 and 1997, he has been active ever since. He's a regular at the local trade nights here in Calgary. Yes, this, this collector is local to me. He ramped up his Instagram activity in 2018. His favorite teams are the Calgary Flames, Calgary Stampeders, and Team Germany for World Cup soccer. And his favorite athletes are Jerome McGinley, Steve Eiserman, Doug Flutie, and Lionel Messi. He's originally and currently from Calgary, Alberta. Let's bring him out. Al Schwentner, welcome to Sports Cards Live. And how are you tonight, Mr. G? 
<laughs> well, thank you, Jeremy, for the great introduction. I'm doing well. Uh, nice to see everybody out there. Hello, everybody. Looking forward to this. All right. Well, it's Al. Listen, I mean, it's nice to have you. We we go way back. I mean, we we probably go back 15 to 18 years, I would say. We would have first met probably at the trade nights at Maple Leaf Sports here in Calgary. Our friend Darren Pollock, who runs that show, runs that that card shop. He now runs a card show as well here a couple once or twice a year in Calgary. But we would have met back at one of his trade nights. I mean, we've been we've been though that 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 went on for a good 10, 12 years. It used to be, what was it, the third Wednesday of every month, I believe. I think you're right. Yes. Yeah. But I guess just before the pandemic, he kind of stopped it and Maybe has done a couple since, but um, that's definitely where I know you from. And we uh, we connected early on, and we've done we've done trades together. We've we've helped each other out, we've, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But uh, but as you told me the other day, you've also been watching sports cards live since the very beginning, which it's hard to believe you've put in a lot of hours watching this show. So I definitely want to thank you for that. Um, and, and then and then you know you also mentioned that. One of the things that you collect, so we're going to get right in. You also mentioned to me that one of the things that you happened to collect were the Tops 2020 cards, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to turn it over to you. How? Because listen, it's it's fun to think that you did that because of an episode of Sports Cards Live. Can you can you take us back to how that came about for you? Uh, sure. It was the uh, episode with Barry Grice and uh, two of you. Which was episode ten of Sports Cards Live. Yeah, so that goes back ago. a long time. <laughs> it's about three um, years ago this month, probably. Yeah, but um, the two of you started. I can't remember everything else in that episode, but I, I do remember about the Tops uh, Project Twenty Twenty, and it's baseball for those of you that, that don't know. And I didn't know anything about it. I'd never seen it. So after I watched the two of you talk about it quite enthusiastically, I might add. Um, I decided to check it out on eBay and take a look. And um, I'll show you this. So what I ended up doing, for those people that aren't familiar with this, there were 20 artists and they all produced 20 cards. And they're all baseball cards. And, and so it would have been uh, the same 20 players. They, they weren't just all random. There was 20 players that each of them did. So... One of the ones that really caught my eye right away was this one. Ted Williams. Is that JK5? This is JK5. So what I ended up doing is uh, building the, the set for him, the, all 20 cards, because I was really taken with his artwork. And I really love that. He does color ones too, which I don't care for as much, but I, I love the black and white. Here's another one. Willie Mays. Yeah. yeah. And then one more. I'll show you. Oh, take it out of the plastic here. There we go. Mike yeah. Trout. With just a little bit of color. Yeah. But you can see he's he's got some sort of fantastical things happening here, like the lasers coming out of the eyes. And, I mean, if you look at... Uh, the Ted Williams one, again, it's it's almost like there's a giant snake coming off of his waist there. I'm not quite sure what that is. Yeah. Well, and he's got, apparently, 
he has hidden messages in all of these as well, which I wasn't aware of until I started delving into it a bit more. And I, I found some sites where they talked about all these hidden messages, which was fascinating. So uh, an, one of the original episodes got you into that. So I have to ask, Al, because the Tops 2020 thing, I mean, it was it was really a phenomenon in the hobby there. Those cards went like from here, nobody knew about them. And then all of a sudden they spiked huge because there were some short printed cards from the 2020 series. And then they've seemingly not gone away because they have done subsequent sets using the same theme and, or, and the same model. But I don't hear, the, until I talked to you, I hadn't heard anybody was really collecting the Tops 2020 cards in a couple of years. So my question to you is, how do you feel about it? Like, and this is an interesting point because, you know, you often, a lot of content creators like myself, a lot of us, we don't want to influence people on what they buy. We want to inspire and, and give ideas and that kind of thing. But it's apparent that that episode did influence or inspire you to go and purchase cards. And listen, you're, you're, you're a, a favorable example because you're not going to say anything bad about it. I just know you too well. But how do you feel now, three years later, about being influenced by an episode of this show to go out and buy those cards? And I mean, thankfully, they weren't very, thankfully they weren't very expensive. But what are your thoughts now uh, about your collection of Topps 2020 cards and, and how you came to pick them up? Well, I, I enjoy them for a lot of the artistic value more than uh, financial value of them. Um, and, and when you say, thankfully, they weren't very expensive, I'll just correct you. There were a few that were. <laughs> um, so this, this Ted Williams one, this was the one I really, really wanted. But it wasn't one of the first ones I got because it was very, very high. I remember watching a few of these auctions and the one that I remember most vividly was up around $900. Yeah. And, and it, I mean, over time it dropped way down again. Right. But uh, at the time I thought to myself, I'm never going to get one of these cards because I'm not willing to pay that much. Um, but thankfully they did, they did come down. Um, and that, and once it came down, that's when you purchased that copy. Yeah. It, it's, still my most expensive one out of all the cards that I've got. Um, I think I have something like 105 total cards um, because I got the full set for JK5, but I also made sure that I got at least one card from each of the other artists. I wanted to have a representation for the whole group. And then there and were ben, a couple of other artists that became favorites as well that I got more from. That's, that's nice. It, it exposed me to a lot of new art as well. After tops 2020 finished then they did i forget what the next one was called 70 or something like 70. that or 70 did you continue to purchase cards from the from the subsequent releases or the subsequent artist artist sets that they put out uh no but with a caveat um i didn't go for the 71 but i did go for some of these so i don't and know what is this really so this is, um, so JK5 made what he called companion cards. So it yeah. was kind of like after the series had gone through, you could go to their website and they were still creating cards along the same theme. So this is Mike Trout as an angel. Right. Okay. So yeah, that I was, was aware, I, thought, I think a lot of the artists did companion cards because I think they just wanted to really 
grow their their personal revenue from the project. They had all these new fans sure. all of a sudden, all these new customers buying their their Tops 2020 cards, where they were only getting a cut of it because Tops needed their cut. And I guess they put out these companion pieces, which they could receive 100% of the revenue from. So it made a lot of sense for them. Yeah. And, and then I just wanted to show you one more here because this is probably my favorite, second favorite artist, um, Andrew Thiel. And his were called Heritage Cards. So this is the thing that came with it. And this is what his looks like. And who's that? Is that anyone in particular? Uh, uh, no, I don't think so. Just uh, it's a, just like a sandlot thing, I think. Oh, yeah. It, it was, with him, I think it was more inspired by locations rather than people. So okay. I think this was kind of a representation of a sandlot and kids playing baseball. Yeah, that's a nice. It's it's nice. It's it a piece of art like that can really trigger your memory and uh, and your emotions to for various things. And then I also wanted to chat. I wanted to thank you. You uh, you reached out to me a couple months ago and said I've got you know because I had shown some Star Wars stuff that I was had dug out from my from from many years ago. And you, you said that you had a one of the original Millennium Falcons. And you, yeah. uh, you said, I'm, I want to give this to you along with some figures. And you did. And you can't see them, but the figures are actually sitting on this shelf. You can't see them, but they're behind a couple of cards there. I can see them when I come in here. But yeah. The, they're, yeah, they're, they're standing up there on that shelf right there. My little guy always wants the Chewbacca, but I won't, I'm going to go buy him a new <laughs> Chewbacca. I think that was one of the originals back there. So I want to thank you for that. That was a, a kind gesture. And then for everybody... I did meet Al for lunch locally. Bought bought him some lunch, and we had you a nice did, uh, yes. we had a nice time sitting together and talking hobby, which uh, is always fun to do with Al. He is quite passionate. Let's go to some comments. Al Terry Fortune is in the house. Looking forward to this one. Collector episodes are my favorite. You're not alone, Terry. YYC, what is going on? Yes, Al has some. I was looking at your Instagram today, Al, and yeah. uh, and I'll throw it up in the ticker in a minute here. But your your Instagram mentions that you have, I think it says over thirty nine hundred Aginla cards. Is that is that yeah yeah that's true. But I did account, cards. I, I did a count the other day. Um, so I keep track on sports cards forums inventory manager because it doesn't exact count for me, but it doesn't include President's Choice cards, and I've got about thirty of those. So I'm up around thirty nine forty nine something like that. Well, you're coming up on three on on four thousand. Very interesting. Lapper is in the house. What is going on, Aaron? Good to see you, Jeff McMahon. Good to see you, Jake Dahl is here. Mitch is here. Been looking forward to this one. Al is what pops up when you look up true passionate collector in the dictionary. Very true, Mitch. Very true. Mike from Eastridge. That's uh, one of our other local card shops here in Calgary. So you're well familiar with. Mike at Eastridge, Brett Miles, another local collector is popping in. Good to see you. Says, Al is a collector I've admired for years. Positive person, passionate collector. Thanks, Cheers man. and good to see you. Brett, the professor is in the house. Looking to you, forward to you both sharing your wisdom. You can program a bot with knowledge, but not wisdom. So you both are safe from being replaced <laughs> by a bot. Thank you to the professor. Collector's dream, what's going on? And uh, Professor, were some of the Topps 2020 cards special release? Not the original 2020. Those were all purchased directly from the Topps website. They released them in waves once a week. They they released, I think, two or three or four of them, and you could buy one or two or three of them, whatever it was. Uh, anything you'd like to add to that, Al? Yeah, they had group rates, which is why I, I sometimes I would get trip If it was something I really liked, like I, I was looking the other day when I was pulling these out, 
and like Frank Thomas, I think I've got five of his for some reason. And I think yeah. that's what happened. The, the group rate cut the price per card down substantially. That's right. If you bought one of each, they were like 20 bucks. If you bought five, I think you can get them down to $16 each or something like that. Yeah. That's kind of how that worked. Chad Shipper is here. What's going on? Chad says, love the collector shows. <laughs> Philly Joe is in the house. Mitch says, Al doesn't even know he has a hobby fan club. <laughs> well, Al, I was in looking at your Instagram today. I also noticed that you have over 1500 followers on Instagram. I mean, that's, that's pretty good for a, you know, a collector who doesn't necessarily have a business in the hobby or is a content creator. Although we will get into some of the content that you are involved in now, uh, very, very soon. Shark cities love seeing hockey player collectors. I PC Sergey Fedorov in wings and Russian uniforms. And in the States, people at shows think I'm crazy <laughs> when looking for cards of his, I don't have that's funny. Shark city just today. And I'm going to tell this story when we get to that topic a little bit later. But today, a collector reached out to me to talk about a different card and the set that the card came from. I said, is there a Fedorov in that set? And he said, yes, there is. So I understand when it comes to I understand the the allure to collecting Sergei Fedorov. There's a lot of nostalgia being that, you know, I don't know if, Al, you probably remember the first Upper Deck Hockey release, 1991. Mm -hmm. Sergei Fedorov was the hit. I mean, there were a lot of great cards in that in that set, but Sergei Fedorov was definitely the hit in that uh, in that first product. So let's get into what, what you do collect, and we're going to get into the hockey soon. But you are a you're a diverse collector, Al. You don't only collect Jerome McGinley cards. You don't only collect hockey cards. You you don't only collect hockey and soccer cards. I think that is where you pretty much limit yourself with with some baseball dabbled in as well. But let's talk about some of the other things you collect because it's interesting and it really rounds you out as as a collector, as a Calgarian, and um, as just and you know if you're not from Calgary, which most people watching are not, although we'll probably have a few extra here tonight. But if you're not, you can still identify what Al with what Al's about to show us and tell us about because I have to think that in your city, wherever you are, in whatever country you are in. And we do reach basically every country in the world with this show, believe it or not, that you will identify with it because there are things going on in your city that are unique to your city. And Al has really tapped into his his local culture and sporting scene. So, Al, what would you like to touch on first among your other collecting pursuits besides cards? Um, well, I'll, I'll look at the stamps a little bit. Um you know, I, I wanted to be cognizant, too, of, of our time and everything. If you let me, I could probably take four hours showing all this stuff. I love doing this. But uh, so I've got a few I'll things. keep the whip going here. I'll, I'll, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I started collecting stamps when I was uh, probably about 10 years old. Um, I, that's back in the 60s. I used to get uh, the mail order approvals um, from about four different companies uh, my dad had a colleague at work who worked uh, would get um, correspondence from uh, Europe and cut the stamps off for me, and, and he would bring them home. So that kind of got me going. So I know a lot of people, you know, they might think, oh, stamps are boring. There's not much to it. But I have subscriptions to both Canada Post and Royal Mail, which is the United Kingdom. So I, I've got, um, this is called a presentation pack. X-Men. And X-Men, yeah. So there's all kinds of different uh, topics that they cover. And then there's the back of it. 
And then inside of this, there would be all kinds of details about who created the stamps, when they were released, all that kind of thing. And then this is a called a miniature sheet. It's beautiful. Yeah. So, so I've got about 30 years worth of those from Royal Mail. Um, wow. And you know, I just want to say, so, you know, being a card collector, we, we have our mail days and we often buy cards from all over, you know, I don't say all over the world, but we, we are buying them from North America and Europe and, and Asia. And in my last job, our paralegal, uh, she, she collected stamps. And when I caught on to that, I used to, anytime I'd get a mail day and I would get them shipped to that office, I would cut it out and leave her stamps on her desk every mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And she'd come in the next morning, very happy. It was a great way to earn some points with uh, a key person in our, in our, in our operation. So it reminded me of that when you told me that your dad's colleague used to do the same for you. It's one of those things that is easy for you to do if you know a stamp collector and it's really nice to do. So that's really cool. Please continue. And I think it had a, a an influence on me as well, because why, why would I pick, Royal Mail, I'm, I'm not quite sure because a lot of the stamps that he was getting were from England and Scotland and that area. And I found them to be very colorful um, and, and a lot more interesting than Canadian stamps at that time, actually. Um, so one of the other things that I collect is uh, ancient coins. And uh, in particular, Roman coins with uh, Jupiter reverse, it's called. So Jupiter is the king of the gods for the Romans. He would be equivalent to Zeus for the Greeks. So the coins themselves, if I, if I held one up in my hand, it wouldn't wow anybody too much. So what I did is I made some, some book creator pages. And yeah, we can see that. Hint. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's one. And then there's this one. And these... I mean, these are like about, well, this one is from 218 to 222 AD is, is when he was ruling. So 1800 know, years 800 ago, years old. And, wow. and this is why I find it fascinating because to know that at some point, maybe this was part of a soldier's pay, you know? Yeah. So. You know, I, I saw somebody do a, someone I follow on Instagram and my Instagram the people I follow are almost exclusively card accounts. And someone posted, I think it was yesterday, the day before in their story, they posted a their first shipwreck co coin. Now, oh, yes, yes. I find shipwreck coins to be very interesting. I've never owned a, a, an ancient coin or shipwreck coin, but I can see the allure to it. What is the... Like, is, is, are you interested in shipwreck coins? Have you ever had one? Are you strictly looking for ancient kind of Roman Empire type of coins? And again, I might be not making sense right now because I don't know much about it. But oh, you are. I, I know about shipwreck coins. I've, I've seen them in the past. I don't really have an interest in them so much. Um, for me, I, I mean, I've got, uh, I've got a Bachelor of Arts in History from university and I also minored in classics. So for me, Roman history is right up there with medieval history for me. Those are my two passions, right? So reading about the, the books by uh, Tacitus and Suetonius, I know half the audience is going, who, what? Half of the, half of the yeah. screen here does it. <laughs> it's all about the first 10 Caesars. 
fascinating stuff. I mean, I mean, the <laughs> Housewives of New York or whatever is on TV has nothing on the Caesars. Believe me, <laughs> these guys were off the top. So yeah, right on. Um, I'll just show you this real quick too. Sure. Uh, back in the '90s, this is where I was getting most of my coins from. So Amazing. it's called okay. Coin Galleries, but it's a division of Stacks. It's out of New York. Okay. So, Cool. So let me ask this then. When when is the last time you added a stamp to your collection, and when's the last time you added a coin to your collection? Well, I'm constantly adding stamps because I have those subscriptions. Um, okay. I've got something else to show you after this too, um, which I'm adding to constantly as well. So like they're not really dormant for me. That I, I keep those active. And what if we were to then like take your your overall collecting pie and divide mm -hmm. it into you know like a pie chart what percent is sports cards and what percent is everything else oh boy take a, take um, a guess i i think i probably have to go 60 percent other stuff 40 percent sports cards wow Mainly I, I was i was expecting it to be much he more heavily weighted to sports cards just from what I know, just from my interactions with you over the years. It, it's just because with the sports cards, I'm more specific. Like with the stamps, it's, it's just anything and everything that comes out for that year, I get it. Right. right? Okay. Well, you so, do the same thing for Jerome Ginlaw, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, true. I try. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Before you get into the next thing, I want to go to a few more comments okay. here. Uh, Matt from the Essential Credentials podcast and and, and YouTube shows and uh, hockey Instagram collectors round tables says, good evening. Excited for this one. Good to see you, Matt. As always, uh, card collector 1998 has a Calgary Flames logo there. Looking forward to the episode. Mark Santucci, what's going on? SSP Joel, new to Calgary. Nice to meet you, Al. Who knows? You've probably seen him at a somewhere already. Mark Santucci likes your Calgary Flames hat, Al. Really oh, nice. Willie T wants to know, does Al collect hockey stamps? Uh, well, I have some, yes. The Canada Post did put out those large ones a few years ago. So I, I, I do have some, but minuscule amount. Yeah, there's not many of them. And yeah. then Al, you are, a, you are a retired school teacher. That was your career. You taught school. Uh, Matt, who's also a school, well, not retired, but is a school teacher, says, I have to imagine the stamps and coins got Al interested in history and then teaching after that as a question? Uh, I, I think I was interested in history way before I got into the coins. Um, I, I, just, I just find it fascinating. I, I love reading. Like medieval history is my, my main area. I love that. Um, history but, is uh, very, very interesting to see what brought us here. What, yeah. what, what happened on earth up until today? There's a... To the extent that it is documented. Yeah. See, I, I started collecting the ancient coins in about 1989. Okay. So, and I was already teaching well before that. So. All right. All right. Jake Dahl says some of the coins Al has could have been around when Jesus was alive. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Tribute Penny, Tiberius. Yeah. I've got one of those. That's crazy to think about. Brendan Ryan, welcome, says ancient Turkish coins are nifty. Do you have any of those? No. Professor says, did Al get the Royal Mail James Bond stamps? Uh, yeah, if it was issued, I've got it. 
because I get all the issues that that they have every year. And right, I also get the the year-end books that they send in December or January, okay. whenever it is, but I get those too. Very cool. Collector's Dream says, here in South Florida, Key West, we have a store where they sell coins from the Atocha, Atocha. shipwreck. When would you, you know how to say it, Al? When was the Atocha shipwreck discovered and when did it sail? Do you know? Um, I, I'm going on a foggy memory. I, I think it's early 18th century, like I'm 1715, 1720, I'm thinking. Um, Not 100% sure there. When was it discovered? Uh, that was that guy, Mel, somebody or other, I think. Um, probably about, oh God. I, I, I don't know. It was in the 20th century that it was discovered. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Well, thanks, Collector's Dream. All right, well, uh, okay. So there, there's one more, one more sort of uh, category of collecting that you do before we move onto cards. And that has to do with the Calgary Stampede, which if anyone hasn't heard of the Calgary Stampede, I believe it's, I believe it's the biggest rodeo in the world uh, on an annual basis. Is it, is it not the biggest rodeo in the world, Al? Well, they build themselves as the greatest outdoor show on earth. That's their catchphrase. So I'm yeah. assuming it would be. Uh, I, I wonder what's that, what's that event burning man that goes on in, in the, in California or Nevada desert every year. Burning man might be the biggest outdoor show on earth now, but because uh, I listen, I, I live in Calgary. I know it's contained to a certain area in our city, but uh, it's definitely a huge event. My understanding, like, listen, Calgary is about 1.3 million people. Yeah. Back when we were a million people, I remember hearing that the population of our city doubled for those two weeks in July during the Calgary Stampede. We get a million people extra in our city from like July 5th to 15th or whatever that is. So. It's yeah. uh, it's a crazy time here. I usually like to leave town. It gets so crazy in, in Calgary. But what is it about the Stampede that you love, and what is it that you collect? I think for me, it, it connects me to my roots. Um, I'm born and, and raised in Calgary. Uh, I can still remember as a youngster um, going to Stampede parades, and uh, in those days, I mean, we would get up at six o'clock in the morning. We'd grab our lawn chairs. And uh, go down there and stake out a spot on the sidewalk. It wasn't as organized as it is now. Now they have those sort of grandstands and you have to purchase ahead and you have a saved spot. Back then it was like first come, first serve. Um, and I, I just remember, and I, you know, I'll admit this. I still watch the Stampede Parade on TV every year. Yeah, it's a, you know what? I haven't been to it for a few years, but I used to have, uh, I used to have my two goddaughters living with me in uh from 2005 till about 2008 or so and they were young and uh you know this is a this is actually an instance where uh being a godfather kicked in for me uh this is a very personal story but my my best friend passed away in 2005 and his wife and two kids actually moved into my house for a a, a year two years and then they bought the house three doors down from me here in calgary and i used to take those little girls to, you know, early morning on that Thursday or Friday, whenever it is, to the Calgary Stampede. And those are the only times I'd ever actually gone downtown and sat in the, the temporary bleachers that they put up and uh, and and uh, taken it in. So it's, uh, it's an, you know, there's all sorts of pancake breakfasts everywhere all around the city yeah. during that time. It is it is a, a major event here in Calgary every year. But what uh, what is it about it that, First of all, two things I want to ask you, Al. First of all, 
historically, when did the Calgary Stampede start? And then please, what do you collect that connects you to the event? Uh, I, I believe it started in 1912. Um, Guy Wiedek was the one that started it. Um, I, you know, I, I went with my kids when, when they were young and I've always enjoyed the rodeo. You know, there's many times we would go and sit at the rodeo. Uh, another one of the things I still like to watch is the uh, chuck wagon races because I find them to be quite exciting. Um, and, and so from that, I guess I, I got into collecting the covers, the stampede covers. It, it just appealed to me, uh, you know, to, to link the two together. So what, what is a stampede cover? I, I've never heard of collecting covers, maybe okay. comic book covers or cover art, but what is a cover, Al? So if I, if I show everybody something like this, they might say, oh, yeah, that's an envelope. <laughs> well, yeah. yes, it is an envelope, but it has certain things on it. So it has a, a cachet on it, which is uh, from the Calgary uh, Stampede Post Office. They had actually, actually had a post office down there for many, many years. Um, the earliest cover that I have is from 1935. Um, and, and again, I, when I get stuff like that, it, it sort of leads me down that rabbit hole and I start researching and, and looking into things and I discover stuff that I didn't know. So that's another benefit to me for collecting these things. Um, the other thing is there's, there's lots, I mean, you know me, Jeremy, I'm a set collector at heart. I like finding variations and different things, putting them together. So here's another one and it goes, it's the same as this one, but you'll notice it's different, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I know for most people, it's not a big deal for me. I, I love stuff like that. Um, and now, is there a is there like a community of people that collect these stampede covers? Do you have stampede cover buddies that you trade with or that you source from? Like, like, they, is there an is there is there a community on Instagram that that deals like has these things? Or I'm sure it's a lot more. Uh, it's a narrower collector base, seeing that it's really specific to rodeo collectors or Calgary collectors. I do have a, a local source here that I've become very good friends with. He's been over to my house many times. Um, Dave Freeman. He won't be watching because he just had surgery the other day. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah well, he, he's yeah. on he's on eBay and he sells Stampede covers. That's how I first discovered him. And then he offered the first time to bring them up. And I said, well, okay, if you really want to. <laughs> and then we became friends and, and we sort of go back and forth with information for each other. Um one of the ones that I'm proudest of is this one. And why? Okay, so this, from, from what I've been told, this cover actually belonged to King Farouk of Egypt at one time. It was presented to, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if it was to him or one of his representatives, probably one of his representatives, at the 1947 Stampede. It has the following autographs on it. Okay, Premier of Alberta, Ernest Manning. Mayor of Calgary, President of the Calgary Stampede, Managing Director of the Calgary Stampede, District Post Office Inspector, and Philatelic Society of Egypt official. So th this is going to be like this is a one of one. You're not going to wow. find another one like this. That's really cool. I mean, it's it's really cool considering that I'm I don't collect it. I don't. I'm I'm only interested in it because you're sharing it tonight, and it is interesting and. And that's enough to think, wow, that that is really that's a neat piece. And and it just goes to show like there's 
collectors out there for all sorts of different things. And, you know, we often, we, we call sports cards the hobby as if there's no other hobby out there. Right? I see Layton's laughing in the back room right now. But that's what it is. We consider our hobby to be the one and only, but it just isn't the case. There are other things out there. And some of us as, as sports card collectors are dabbling in other areas. And it's not only going to be dabbling in things like uh, photos or memorabilia or video games or comics it's uh, it can be it can be stampede covers and ancient coins and stamps still to this day uh brendan ryan says windows mites are an affordable entry coin for new collectors thank you brendan philly joe says at first thought i thought you were going to be talking about the football team the calgary stampeders that's right no. that's our the name of our canadian football league team here in calgary and mark santucci that is right calgary has probably half a million more people than winnipeg does all right, Al, it is that time during the episode where we do what I refer to as the Vintage Spotlight segment. I even have this, Leighton, check this out in the back, this nifty banner to put up across the top. Now, it's going to disappear when I bring Leighton on. Watch this. Oh, no, it puts it on top of you and me, Al. So I'm going to take it off so yeah. we're not, yeah, we got we to duck down now. Yeah. Gotta get that, I got to get that figured out, Leighton. But Leighton, good to see you again. I love seeing you every Saturday night. You come in, we do the Vintage Spotlight. I did, I did prep Al to come with a question for you, which he does have, but is there anything going on in your world right now that you'd like to start off with? You know, uh, first, thanks for having me, Jeremy. Uh, second, it's really great to connect with you, Al. Um, thanks. You know, we're having wonderful weather here in the Northeast. Uh, I don't have my son this weekend, but he's out visiting uh, the Boston area with his mother. And I got a really cool picture of him today. He went to Fenway Park for a second time ever, uh, you know, on a tour. And, um, you know, he was trying to talk to me a little about baseball, and uh, it was really cute. Um, so as far as, you know, on a personal level, that's what's going on. And as far as, uh, you know, professional, at least what I hear, whether it be it's a combination of people talking about who's Fanatic's going to buy next and or the Nationals right around the corner. So kind of pick your, your topic you'd like to discuss. Um, for me, you know, I don't really worry that much about what Fanatic's is going to quote-unquote do next um, just because, uh, you know, I don't think that's a really healthy way to be. Uh, I don't mean just professionally, just, you know, you can't worry about the surrounding things going on. You just got to do the best that you can, uh, you know, for you and your team. Yeah. But, um, that aside, uh, very, very excited about the national, um, you know, it's a wonderful time of year, as you know, Jeremy, not just to buy and sell, to acquire things for your collection, but really to reconnect with old friends that you might only see on an annual basis. Uh, so, um, that's kind of what's going on in the, you know, the short term and as far as, you know, collections, it's wild. We're about to, it looks like, close on that Tito 6 deal that we had shipped into us with uh, over 450 Tito 6s that have been in the same family um, since uh, basically they were issued. Uh, however, the twist on that collection I wanted to share today, and it goes to show you, you really have to be flexible, whether it be you're a dealer, whether it be you're a collector or an investor. So this individual shipped in all the cards. And of course, um, he might want to keep the Cobb and the two Cy Youngs. Mm -hmm. And so um, even though, of course, we want to buy them, he explained to us, hey, you know, I thought it'd be worth more money. We're like, no, listen, you know, give the breakdown. He's like, no, no, I believe you. I was just hoping it would be worth more money. So actually what he asked for and what we were happy to do, we're actually getting the three cards graded because he understands that even though he doesn't really get grading, he just sees a Ty Cobb and a five is worth this. His Ty Cobb's like a one and a half. It's a red portrait. And so rather than kind of go back and forth, 
we basically have a written agreement that we're going to grade, um, you know, the three cards for him. And he's going to sell the rest of the collection no matter what. Um, but those three cards might be in question as far as um, what he's going to do with them. And, and so my point is you have to be flexible. So think about that going into the national, right? You might want to only, you know, sell cards for cash. But if you're open to someone trading you a card or a few cards and money, even though you don't want to do that, you might come away better off than when you started. So just, you know, be open-minded. You never know what's going to, you know, happen. So yeah, that's what's going on for me. That, that, oh, that's a good point. Interesting to hear what you're up to. I always love to hear, but you are, you are the professional baseball, baseball card treasure hunter. And you know, I love saying that. So you were talking, we're talking about the national and you heard what Al was talking about. Cause you came in about five minutes before I brought you on. So we were talking about, Oh, we just, he's just getting a phone call. He'll be right back. No. <laughs> that's probably what, that's probably why we, we've just, uh, we, there, there he is. He's back. So, Sorry. I was getting a phone call. Yeah. So you, you've, you heard what we were talking about before I brought you on, where Al collects some oddball items, let's call it, like these Calgary Stampede covers. The National is a place where you can find things like that that you don't that you might not find at your local card shop or your your smaller regional card show, that kind that kind of thing. So what what can you tell us, Leighton, and maybe any sort of like advice or experiences you've had the national? coming across some of those interesting items. Thank you. Did you catch that? Sorry, I was just breaking up for a second. I had to grab something downstairs. Um, so, you know, as far as like when you're going to the National, if you're looking for something difficult, you know, like what Al's looking for, it doesn't seem to be that common. Um, I think you have to consider how big the actual National is. So, for example, as much as you might be in the market for like a Mickey Mantle 52 Tops, or a T206 of Ed Walsh, or whatever the case is, you got to keep in mind, they won't sell out of those at the show. But Al probably knows there's not going to be too much Calgary Stampede memorabilia there. No, no. So the point <laughs> is, if you're going there, Jeremy, and you have like a rare hockey piece of memorabilia or car you're looking for, as much as you might be looking to complete your Bobby Orr run, I'd probably punt on the mainstream stuff and I'd really keep an eye out for that special one-of-a-kind piece because I would tell you, even though Al said that you know he has the sources and you know everyone is um, you know nice in his community, let's be honest, right? You know, Jeremy, if I see a Michael Jordan photo that I want to show, I'm not gonna like text a buddy and see you know what he thinks or like take a chance I'm gonna lose it or you know maybe he wants it. Like if I like it, I'll buy it, and if I don't want it and I think a friend might want it, I also share it with them. But I think you know, as far as the national goes, that there might only be one of those at the national. You have to kind of work hard to get that. So my advice is when you're walking around, especially the first time, even though it's great to shake hands, kiss hands, and, or kiss babies and, you know, have fun, um, I think you need to be focused if you're going to try to be serious about acquiring something that is either difficult or rare to find. Yeah, I agree. I always like to say when you get to a, because uh, a lot of other people will say when you get to a card show, your strategy is scope it out, pick the one or two or three or four items you want, you know, but don't buy right away and then come and then decide which one you want, circle back and go back to that table. Well, that only works if it's an item that nobody else wants, because otherwise it's going to be gone in the first half of the show, first half of the, the first half day of the show. I always say, if you see something that you've been looking for that is rare, you gotta make you gotta snap that up because you don't want to risk it not being there. Al, what do you Al? You've been to you've been to local shows here. 
I don't think you've been to the National. I don't even think you've been to the Toronto Expo, but you did come to the Edmonton Expo a couple of weeks ago. I saw you there. You were there with Sal. We hung out. Uh, it was good to see you guys. Uh, Sal's, you know, a, a common, a, another collector here out of Calgary. But um, what is your experience, Al, being at shows and kind of that whole, you know, especially where, where when you're going to a local show, Al, you're not the only Jerome Ginla collector. You're not the only Flames collector. So how... How important has it been for you to like get it before somebody else does? Well, I, I want to jump in with what Leighton had just said about the national with, with regard to Edmonton Expo. So Sal and I went up on the Friday. We, we got the three-day passes. We went in early on the Friday before the doors even opened to the public because we get in early. I probably spent two-thirds of what I spent for the whole weekend. Yeah, before the door was even open oh. to, uh, that was the VIP early half hour yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, and because you could have waited till Sunday, but you weren't willing to take that risk. Is that kind no. of where what, what your mindset was? Basically, yeah. And I mean, like you had said, it was my first expo. Um, and I knew that it was going to get busy. And Saturday was extremely busy. I mean, yeah. it was tough walking up and down the aisles on Saturday. So uh, I just figured, you know what? I see it. I like it. I've got my budget. It's in the budget. Go for it. Grab it. Don't wait. And, you know, and it was a small enough show. It's not like the National, which, you know, covers several acres. It was not like that where, you know, you you couldn't cover the whole floor in about half an hour. You probably could have sk skimmed over and, and you know, looked into every showcase in, well, maybe not half an hour, maybe 45 minutes. But... That's a lot better than the national where it could take you a full, probably at least a day just to look into every showcase on the show floor. And I understand this year it's going to be even bigger. Um, Al, did you come with a question for our friend Leighton? Sure. Um, so I'm a child of the 60s. Um, I enjoy, outside of my PC, <laughs> I enjoy uh, collecting players from the 50s and 60s. So as an example, this is the, there we go. So this is the stick rack, stick rack, yeah. 500 gold stick rack with Richard, Howe, and Hull. Now, I know you're more into the baseball. I was watching baseball in the 60s as well. Um, you know, Sandy Koufax, uh, some of those. So if I was looking for a couple of players from that era, in baseball, who would you recommend? Who do you see at reasonable prices? From the 1960s? Yeah. So there's a lot of belief, and I'm just going to start with rookie cards, right? So who are the key rookies from the 60s? And, I, you know, I didn't know what you are going to ask, but I could do this off the top of my head. So in 60 is Yaz and McCovey. In 61, it's not exciting, it's Billy Williams and Ron Sando. In 62, it's Lou Brock and Gaylord Perry. And I'll stop at 63 because that's the first big one is Pete Rose. So a lot of folks, at least in the circle of people that I, you know, talk to about baseball, forget about cards. A lot of people believe that Pete Rose will be elected to the Hall of Fame after he passes away. I don't like to be morbid. I don't know if it's true. I have no idea. Um, but I would say, Al, if you're a Pete Rose fan, and mm -hmm. remember, as much as Pete Rose is not in the Hall, this is what I always try to explain to folks. Pete Rose, his card values... Yes, he's the all-time hit leader. He's had a lot of ups and downs in his life. So just imagine, if it costs thousands of dollars to buy a nice seven and even more to buy, of course, an eight, well, his value is going to explode if he makes the haul. 
not necessarily because he's any more popular, but because of a lot of folks who never thought he'd make the Hall of Fame, who need that high grade rookie to complete their PSA registry Hall of Fame, you know, or, um, or any grade for that matter, right? I mean, that, well, I it could saying, be so any grade. It doesn't have to be high grade. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so all of a sudden, a thousand dollar three might become fifteen hundred out or two thousand. So I'm not suggesting you should speculate, but if you were in the market for one of the best hitters of all time, and certainly one of the most popular players from that era, being the 60s, I don't think it's a bad bet right now to buy a Pete Rose rookie, meaning whatever grade you're looking for, Al, because I don't think it's going to go down too much, but I do think it could go up a bunch, um, potentially after he passes on. Uh, And so, you know, as far as a rookie card goes, that's what comes to mind as you kind of step through the rest of the 60s. 64 doesn't have an exciting rookie other than Phil Necro that I know off the top of my head, Tony Oliva. Uh, 65, of course, Steve Carlton and Joe Morgan, and they're both great. Um, 66, Jim Palmer. 67, Seaver and Carew. Listen, if you can get a Seaver or a Carew rookie, and actually, if I had a, and I, I don't, I guess to be fair, I own both, but like lower grade for my collection, I like to full disclosure. Um, I actually think the Rod Carew rookie should be worth more. And the reason being is even though he may not have been as well-known as prolific as Tom Seaver, this might sound hokey, but like, you know, Rod Carew has been in a song, right? Everyone knows he's the Jew. So like to me, as far as he's a great hitter, he's in the high number series, it doesn't make much sense to me how the Seaver rookie is really worth that much more than the Carew. So maybe the Carew rookie. Um, but as far as like, you're just talking about like base cards of players, I love the prices of Clemente and Koufax cards in the mm-hmm. 60s. You can buy a 62 Clemente and a four for like a buck and a half US, right? Wow. And that card's gorgeous. And if you don't yeah. need a seven or an eight or a nine of a 60 tops or a 63 Clemente or Koufax, those cards are very affordable. They're classic and they're iconic and they're never going out of style. Yeah. And, and you know, you mentioned a name there that really twigged into my memories, Joe Morgan. I can still see Joe Morgan at the plate with that twitch that he had when he was getting ready to hit. Great memory for me. So, you know, that's part of the equation for me too, I think. Let's go to some some comments, guys, because we have some on this. Uh, The professor says Pete Rose should be given a pardon and elected prior to passing. And I, I mean, I agree with that. Like it's one thing to get in after posthumously. That's nice. But for the man himself, I think he'd appreciate to be uh, to, to to be able to witness himself getting in. Professor tells us that he was an excellent manager. Mitch wants to know: Does Layton like the '64 Rose as his first solo card? I really hate the '63 rookie stars. And before you answer, Layton, I got to say I'm a big fan of first solo cards, including the Pete Rose and the Nolan Ryan, and among others. But um, I actually love the '63 rookie stars card. I think it's just so. You know, it reflects the era so well. I love the Pete Rose rookie card, and I have the 63 Rose and I have a 64. I love both of those. And Al, keep in mind if you do look at this for these first solo cards, but but Layton, to Mitch's question, to get your answer, uh, how do you like the 64 Rose being the first solo? So, uh, Mitch, great question. Appreciate you asking. And so, for those listening, not only do I really like the 1964 Tops Pete Rose, but as a collector, as if you were even an investor, you have to consider that if you have an iconic player who appeared on a multi-player um, card for his rookie, it doesn't mean it's bad or it's wrong. But keep in mind that some of 
what we're considering now, even though it's not mainstream in the hobby, might be mainstream in 10 years, which means that a Pete Rose second year and a three or a four right now being sub $100, $150 could be 300 if a lot more people decide to think like Jeremy or you, Al, or myself, or even Mitch who's asking the question. So I don't think it's just the Pete Rose. I think it's any major rookie that's been on a multiplayer card. I love the 69 Nolan Ryan. And not because I hate the 68, but like you finally get to see no one as a young player in you know full um, um, photography, you know, meaning um, a great photo on his card. Um, and I do think that there is potential. I'm not saying the cards are going to explode in value, but I do think they could go up um, handsomely as far as percentage goes. And they represent a really nice opportunity for a collector to own a great early card, um, you know, of someone such as Pete Rose or Nolan Ryan or etc. Yeah. Mark Santucci throws out Mantle, Maris, Yaz, Clemente, Mays, and Brock. And I don't think you can go wrong there. Jake Dahl throws out the Juan Marichal as well from 1961. Collector's Dream throws out Nolan Ryan from and Johnny Bench as well from 1968. Mike Petty throws an elbow flop. Uh, Mike at Eastridge says, getting out of the 60s. I love the 71 tops and so does Mike Petty. Also likes the 71 top set, which has that famous Thurman Munson card. In it, uh, the black border is. The, oh wait, no, that's not the black border. No, that's 71, seventy-one. That is seventy-one. 71 yeah, that is black 71. border. But but speaking of yeah. which, Jeremy and for Mitch's point, the seventy-one Munson is really, and I know it's condition sensitive. That's why it goes for big money. But a lot of people prefer it to his rookie because he's on with another player. Yeah, yeah, and it's just a really beautiful picture of him at the plate, you know, making a play. So really cool. Well, all right, Leighton. This was this was a, a, a great a great uh, installment of the Vintage Spotlight. Uh, good to have you on. And uh, for everybody out there, you can follow Leighton on Instagram at Leighton underscore Sheldon and Just underscore Collect. And his podcast on all the podcast platforms is Trading Card Therapy. Leighton, we'll see you next Saturday. Nice Thanks, meeting everybody. you. Nice when our guest will be Jimmy Mahan from the Roadshow Cards franchise. I know Jimmy very well. Looking forward to it. Yes, I'm sure you do. All right, buddy. Thank take care. Good. And Mike at Eastridge PCs, uh, Thurman Munson as well. Shark City says 71 is the hardest set to build in near mint condition. All right. Well, that was fun. Al. Now, let's let anything you want to say before we move on. Yeah. In, in the intro, you talked about me starting with uh, CFL cards yeah. in 63 can i just show a couple real quick yeah of course okay. yeah um so you have to remember this is eight-year-old me cutting these off of um cereal boxes post cereal so th this is what a regular one looks like and you notice i said the word regular yeah <laughs> okay and this is one of my poorer attempts at cutting a card out <laughs> okay you look on the one side there it's chopped up pretty good so are these these are cut from your childhood yes yeah interesting and, and yeah here's the album oh yeah cool that's pretty cool so and who is can you put that album up there would that have been the saskatchewan rough riders and the winnipeg blue bombers that those are the colors i'm kind of seeing there may oh no um yeah it is is it it is i see the w on the on the on the okay, winnipeg yeah, yeah yeah okay well winnipeg for sure yeah 
Probably this is. I see the green and the yellow reminds me of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So oh, I was thinking Edmonton Eskimos. Maybe. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Edmonton has the yellow and green. That's right. Yeah. That shows of what, how much of a fan I am of the uh, of the Canadian Football League. Uh, not much at all. Not much at all. All right. So let's uh, let's move on and get into your card collecting and just uh, so your your main collecting pursuits in hockey cards and sports card well sports cards are jerome ginla steve mm-hmm. eiserman and then soccer so yeah. you, you did send me some pictures to share is there anything you'd like me to bring up to start it off um or do you just want to jump in and talk about what you're what you're collecting i'll, did, I'll leave i'll leave you it open want to you. start with some of the weebly pictures or do you want me to just show some cards first Really, whatever. Why don't we start with some of the stuff you sent me, if, if okay. that if, if that makes sense for you? Sure. So, so Al had uh, was kind enough to send me a few photos uh, to share here with everybody. So Why don't we do sure those um, career years? Uh, the, yeah, those two first. So right here, this is the, yeah, and, and you can also you know we'll get into the the software you use to create these. But so you're a big Jerome McGinley fan. I'm a big Jerome McGinley fan. I mean, he was the captain of our team from when I first moved to Calgary until well several years later and uh, why don't you tell us what this graphic is here that you put together okay so the three cards on the bottom kind of inspired this too I, I own those three cards they're they're my scans but this is um all the goals that he scored during the 2001-2002 season it gives the date of the goal and uh which team they were playing so what it does for me is it, it gets me more invested in my collecting. It's not just about uh, grabbing cards and putting them in a box. I, I like to sort of branch out and look at other areas for that player as well. And so this is one of those. And and so how much time do you put into putting one of these together? And and do you consider this this graphic when it's finished to be a collectible, even though you, it's a one of one that you made yourself? I, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, with some of the ones that I really like, I'll, I'll print them out on glossy printer paper and then put them in a binder so that, you know, that, that way I don't have to turn my computer on all the time. I can look at these things and it's quite easy to get at. All right. So pretty cool. And, but the, the key takeaway for me right here is that you own these cards and it's more than just having them and putting them in a box. You actually go the extra mile and incorporate them into into something that that really represents the player and 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 the year the season that he had in his career which is partially why you collect him okay let's go to the next the next picture if that's unless you have something to add well no and i just remembered you would ask me how long it took yeah Uh, it, it varies from from project to project this project would have taken longer than the last one because i was also filtering the pictures to make it look like an old film strip so tell us so about this pictures, one. The, the pictures weren't originally like that. I, I put them through a filter, right? So what this was um, this was to celebrate the ticket. You know, um, I, I've shown it before. You know how Brett had made me that ticket for the 1,000 points yep. that Ginla scored? Okay, so yep. th- this is for his 600th goal. And so that was a ticket from someone who was actually at the game and sent it to me. And so I wanted to turn it into a bigger project so I thought, well, what, what's better than putting all the other players that have scored 600 goals onto the same page? Now, the thing that, that's 
really got me going on this one is, of course, Alex Ovechkin. This gets me more invested in his quest to, to reach the top. Yeah, he's up there now. Yeah. Uh, this is probably my fourth version of this page because I keep changing it and moving him up. <laughs> yeah. And he's the only guy who's actually moving around on this. Uh, I on believe so. Anymore. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody else active there, is there? No, no, there's not. That's a, okay. uh, so that's that's a, that's neat, and of course it's a, uh, it just shows that Jerome McGinley, who is not the most well known of Hall of Famers or or greats, but he's he's a part of this group group of what do we have seven and uh, seven, 19, 20, 20, He's one of twenty. I think, I think I counted right. He's one of twenty players to score six hundred goals. So that puts Jerome McGinley in pretty elite company right there. All right, let's keep going. The next. Next one you sent me is this one here. It looks to be his 2003-4 season with a card up. Oh, this I, I see. Why don't you tell us about this? Okay. So this is also a card that I own. And again, I wanted to celebrate the card because it's it's a special event, right? He won the Richard Trophy with Kovalchuk and Nash that year. So what is, the, what is the Richard Trophy? Oh, that's for the top goal scorer for the year, right? That was before. So again. Well, I wanted it, you to tell everybody else little bit of a different take on the pucks this time. So this time you've got two colored, um, two colors of numbers in there. Um, I can't quite read it. It's a little too small on my screen, but the one, yeah, one is home games and one is, oh, there it is. Okay. So I like the blue, light blue is away games. The red ones are home games. So it tells okay. you um, which team he scored it against and when. I noticed right here, he scored a hat trick against the, Yes. Los Angeles Kings on February 3rd, 2004. Two goals in this game, two goals here, two goals here, two goals here, two goals here. I would have been at probably at least one or two of these games uh, in this season. This was early in my, early during my time in, uh, in, in Calgary. That's, that's really neat. Celebrating the Richard Trophy, really, really neat. And then pictures of the trophy itself right there as well. Yeah. All right. And the next image, oh, now we have a soccer. Why don't we just get into the Lionel Messi card? Do you want, or we'll come back to that when we talk about soccer cards. Uh, tell us about this, about this framed item you have. Uh, so you had asked me about um, art, that we were going to talk about art too, how art plays into my collecting. Um, I consider this to be part of art now because it's up on my wall and framed. Uh, neat thing about this was um, these were redemptions. So... When I got the, the six redemptions that I needed, I actually phoned Upper Deck customer care and I told them what was going on. I said, you know, I've got these six redemptions for uh, Aginla. Um, I, I want to make sure that I'm not getting six N's or six I's. Would it be possible to get the entire nameplate? And the agent said to me, you know what, I'll put a note on the file here. No promises, but We'll see what we can do. And they came through with flying colors. I can't hear you, Jeremy. Yeah. Okay, can you hear me now? Now I can hear you, yes. All right. It might not be as, as good, but uh, better than the chipmunk uh, voice that I you guys were telling me. So thank you for the warning. And um, 
we might have to visit the computer store tomorrow. Okay, so that's <laughs> that one. Uh, what do you what do you want to tell us about this piece here, Al? So this is a print from an artist, local artist. He, he actually lives in Airdrie now. He used to live in Calgary. Matt Stewart, uh, I think Stewart Creations or something on Instagram. I'm not quite sure of his his handle. Maybe Stewart Illustrations, uh, maybe Stewart Illustrations. Yeah. And so this was to celebrate his 600th goal, which he scored against Enroth in a game against Los Angeles. Now, I'm not sure if you're familiar with his 600th goal, but it was one of those excuse me goals. He actually was centering the puck. It went off Jake Muzzin's skate and deflected into the net. So it wasn't a very exciting goal. So I said to Matt, when we were doing this, I said, you know what, let's just play around with this. I want to put it into my imagination, how would I have liked to have seen him score his 600th goal? So we've got him doing a breakaway um, on Enroth. We, we talked a fair bit about this project. I really like that there's that lack of detail in the background with the crowd. I, I, I really enjoy that. And yet your focus goes to his figure in the front. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Here's a, an inscripted autographed 8x10. Happy birthday, Alan. Listen, for people who might have missed earlier on the episode when I said Al has a almost 4,000 card Jerome McGinley collection, which we'll see some of his favorites uh, shortly. And then this is, this is really cool um, because it's cool to see because I have a piece from the same artist who's a big uh, Jerome McGinley collector, uh, Jaden Fraze. But why don't you tell us a little bit about this piece and how special it is to okay, you and so, in general. This is based on something called sketch noting, which which I found out about through education and being a teacher. And sketch noting is basically drawing pictures to get your ideas across and creating, you know, a story or a theme. So this is Jerome McGinley's career, as as best we could do it. Jaden and I talked about this project for I don't know six months to a year, something like that. Um, and I mean, he knocked it out of the park. We, we talked about how we wanted to present it. Do we want color on it? No, we didn't want color. Um, and the beauty of this for me is there's no starting and ending point for it. You, you walk up to this and you can start wherever you want and take a look around and it hits different people in different ways. I mean, certain people focus on certain areas. I, I just love it. It's got everything in there, even, you know, the crowd at the bottom there shouting Iggy, Iggy, Iggy in the Saddle Dome. Right there. So, yeah, yeah Jaden is tremendously talented. I would have been part of that shouting uh, for several years in a row. When I, I used to go to probably five to ten games a season. And uh, when I was Iggy, 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 we used to go crazy because he was, he was just that, he was that good and that exciting. A, a great player. And I just read today that he's got... I, I think I read today. I don't know how reliable the source was that him and uh, Dave Nonis were going to become part of the Flames front office staff. So I guess we'll hear more about that soon if that is the case. And then there's another piece from Jaden here. So this isn't that people are going to say, well, who's that hockey player? Well, that's <laughs> not Brent Burns. I can tell you one thing. It's not Brent Burns, even though I look a bit like him. But what is this? Al, what can you tell us about this piece? So this is me in another life. Yeah. No, th this, this is... <laughs> This is my hobby name. I wanted something to use on different sites. Like I, I use this for in Instagram uh, for my avatar and it's Utra the Viking, which is what my name is in all, a lot of different sites. So Instagram, and what is that? when what I is set it up, I, 
to the Viking? Sorry? Significance of this guy. What is, who is this guy? What, what's his significance? Oh, um, okay. So Bernard Cornwell is my favorite author. And if you're familiar with um, the Last Kingdom series, okay. right, from Netflix, it, Uhtred uh, is the main character. So oh, okay. when I set up, set up my username on Hobby Insider, I thought, oh, I want something different, something unique. I've been reading the books. I like that character. So that's what I picked. All right. And let's see what the next image is. Ah, oh, right here. We're back. To, so there's this one still to talk about. Oh, and uh, the messy card. So why don't we uh, why don't we just start again talking about why don't you show us some of your favorite Aginla cards from your collection and uh, sure. talk a bit about them and if there's any sort of special special uh, stories behind them or significance of them for you in your collection. Okay. Sound is bad again. Is my sound bad again? You sound a lot better. Okay, you were breaking up for me with when the other screen was open. Now you're much better. It's much smoother. Um, okay. So here's um, here's another little connection to one of your earlier shows when you had Grant Sandground on from Upper Deck, and uh, yeah. you very kindly asked him one of my questions on that show about art cards. I had asked him if they were going to be creating more of these. So this is the card. Mm. So and this a, is actually that's a pack bold yeah it, it he called it a triptych um but okay. it is actually a piece of art it's an oil painting on each of those there's it's out of three uh Jaden has one of the other ones and i have seen the third one i don't know who owns it but i have seen it so very cool very cool something else you'd like to show uh yeah just a couple here so one of my favorite new series uh, when it came out was Upper Deck Black. I absolutely loved that series. And they had what I call the blues in there. It had blue foil. So this is a, an eight player blue foil. Mm. Gretzky, Crosby. Thornton, I think. Thornton. And uh, St. Louis, is it? Yeah, it looks like St. Yep, Louis. St. Louis. And then yeah. on the back side is Aginla, Jaeger, Lemieux, and Dion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very nice. But I, I just cool. love, you can see the blue shine there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nice blue foil. And then this, this comes from the oddball category. Um, the, I've got an error card. So this is the regular one. Again, from Black. Mm -hmm. Okay. Pride so of the Nation. 25. That's regular. Now, can you tell me what's wrong with this one? Uh, that's Danny Heatley. Right. But it's got Jerome's signature. Well, what was Jerome not looking at the card when I, he signed I guess it? not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's hilarious. And then you had asked me to pull out an art card. So I've got, and, and you know, I really do miss in the game ultimate memorabilia. I, I got so many fantastic cards out of there. So there's a whole series of these. There's yeah. like art and glove, art and emblem. Uh, there's about four different versions. So, and this is oh, from you... uh, the 12th edition. 
So you showed us the the triple panel art card and Mitch throws out here a, a factoid. Those three panel art cards are from 2014-15, the cup, and are considered exquisite cards from the first time Upper Deck ever made exquisite hockey. So I think they're probably extra special, only seven cards on the checklist. The professor says the blue foil reminds me of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Mark Santucci. Al, any scoring leaders cards of Jerome? Uh yeah, I I do like trophy cuts. I think would qualify. Is that right? I didn't pull sure. them out though. They're downstairs, but no, we'll yeah, stick with what you have on your desk right now. Yeah. Um, I'll just respond to Mitch's comment too because I've looked at that checklist. I don't think Jerome's on it. There's seven players, but I, correct me if I'm wrong, Mitch. I don't think Jerome was included in the list, was he? But he has a card. He has a card, but he's, yeah. he's not on the official list that I could see. At least when well, I looked before yeah um and last one i'll show you from this group is uh this one so this is a glove uh, yeah. piece yeah those are neat i big fan and of those this is from 10th edition yeah mitch does confirm again though was is not on the checklist just looked so yeah. he says i guess there's at least eight yeah makes sense travis hannah good to see you says only wish the art card was in a flames jersey Fair enough. Yeah. What else you got? What else you got, Al? Okay, so I thought I'd have a little fun with this and, and try a, a little theme with this to see how, what I could find. So my theme is Canadian flag. Okay. okay. Aginla, and is that Dion Fineau? It's Tangay. Tangay, okay. Yeah. Tag team one of one. And then here's one from the cup. Hands uh, off, Mitch. This is mine. <laughs> nice uh, and I love the, the red I, I don't know why but I really like when they've got the red ink and red foil so that's a laundry tag card but it just happens to be the Canadian flag made in yeah. Canada yeah really cool and then I know I'm pretty sure you have some of these too I think I showed this once before and you said you had one that was one of your favorites I think Ah, yes, I do. I have. So that's awesome because that's the cup foundations one of one. There's several parallels and yeah. that's the one of one that and on the one of one, they had them. Uh, they had them as laundry tags. So I have the Dale Howard Chuck from that year. And it's it's also an awesome card. Yeah. So a couple of questions have come up here. The professor wants to know, does Al grade any of his cards? Actually, I a, a few. I, Edmonton Expo was the first time I ever actually took cards into B graded. I have bought graded cards. I, I have several Aginla rookie cards that are graded. And I actually have a, a little project going with that too. I try to do or try to find as many different companies as I can that have graded his rookie cards. And I think I'm up to seven different companies now. Uh, there was one something troop. I've never seen that before. Something, something grading troop or something okay. out of California, I think. So And Collect says, uh, great stuff. Al Lap Thanks, Lapper, Alan. good to see Collect. Lapper says, does Al have any game-worn Iginla full jerseys or other memorabilia? No. Just cards, just cards. Did you, did you bring out any more Iginla cards to show us? Uh, sure. Okay, well, this is the one you put up. I'll show it live instead of just the picture. 
Yeah. Probably my favorite. Okay. Uh, so that was from what you, that's a property of, so that's, that's a piece yeah, of game. It's, it's, it's 0506 property of, it's a one of one. 0506, yeah. so that's the first year of the cup. And you yeah. got, wow, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's an amazing card. That's a grail type of card. That's a centerpiece of your collection type of card. Yeah. That one of your, is that your favorite again, the card? I would say yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and I've had some major offers for this and I actually considered it at one point And then I, I talked it over with a very good friend of mine, uh, Chris from Hobby Insider, Forsberg 21. And uh, he gave me some great advice. He said, you know, if you're getting cards back, if it's like three or four cards back, did those cards give you the same sense of satisfaction of ownership that this one does? And I had to say, no, they don't. You, yeah. you know, financially, it made sense, but emotionally, it didn't. So yeah. I, I kept the card. Yeah, for sure. All right. And so what else do you want to show? We have, we saw a lot to cover. So do you want to show any Iserman cards or any soccer cards? Sure. So I got I just pulled out a few Isermans because I, I, I didn't want to overwhelm people. Um you know, <laughs> sorry, I was just reading Mitch's comment. Um I, I know what he means at what the bottom there. He says, Can you show my favorite property of that you have? What's he talking um, about? He's talking about Bossy. Oh. I have a Mike Bossy property up from the same year. And oh. it's all red background with black ink yeah. uh, text. It's fantastic looking card. It's downstairs. I didn't bring it up. So sorry, Mitch. Let's see what um, you got. So here's the gold version Iserman from the first year. Yeah. The game ultimate. Um, again, with my Canadian flag theme. That's National cool. That's, that's a Panini card. It's, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Century Materials, it's called. Jeff McMahon says, show the Eisenman cards. Here we go. <laughs> well, I didn't bring a lot of them up. Um, the other one that's kind of a favorite, and I, I've actually managed to get all of the different versions. I just pulled one out. Um, but these ones, Cornerstones. Oh, yeah. I think there's like six different versions. So that's that's one of my favorites, too. Well, the, the National Treasure card that you showed uh, is, it was one of Matt. He says, goodness, that Panini National Treasure is one of my favorite that, favorites that Al owns. So very nice card. Very nice card. Anything, any more cards to show, Al? Well, I do, but they're connected. You still want me to show separate the ones that connect you and me together? Or do oh, let's just, them get, let's, just, let's just... Let's get into that. I mean, we may okay. as well. We're, we're already... Uh, we're already... We're already um behind schedule so i know because i have some eiserman and and again in that group let's see them let's see okay. so a little bit of a backstory here um 2011 this would have been uh toronto expo 2011 um i had you a, were not oh, at sorry you were not at no i was not at i haven't been to an expo so no i wasn't there um but you were and you phoned me and I actually answered, which was remarkable at that time because uh, I think I had an old cell flip phone or something at that time. But it's not like now I have an iPhone, which I turn on as soon as I wake up and don't turn off until I go to bed. 
in those days, there could be days at a time where I didn't have the darn thing turned on because I, right. I didn't lose it much. Yeah, but, that's even, I, I, I don't think I've turned off my iPhone since it ran out of battery three months ago because I forgot to charge it. I, I don't even ever turn mine off, but well, that's okay. I just sleep with it charging. Different times. Right? Different times. Anyways, so this, my is 2011, wife, this was 2011, this car. So this is already 12 years ago. Yeah. So my wife and I had just come out of Safeway. We were in the parking lot. I just loaded the groceries, everybody. Yeah, uh, just loaded the groceries in the back, and all of a sudden my phone rang. And at first I thought, oh, maybe it's the boys, right? Because the two boys were at home. So I answered, and it was you. And you said, hey, I found a nice card you might want. It's uh, Pen Pals One of One with Newlandike on it. And uh, here's what the guy wants. Do you, you want to go for it? And I thought to myself, you know what? I, I don't know if I'll ever get to an expo. So I jumped on it and thank you very much for that. Um, so this this was one of the first, I mean, we, we've always connected with the local shows. I always go to your table, but this was the first long distance deal that we did, which was kind of cool. And so when you were on the IG Hockey Collectors Round Table uh, on Wednesday, and I, I still haven't been able, that was one I was, the, the first one I haven't been able to watch from that series. And I haven't been able to get to it yet. But in any event, we in chatting with you, you mentioned that, and that, that whole episode is around community assists, how mm -hmm. people help each other get cards. And, um, and you were going to, you didn't get to tell the st our story on that, on that show. So uh, I'm glad you got to share it now, especially with me directly. It's, it's nice to think back to, I remember making that phone call, even though oh, yeah? it was 12, 12 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the show you're referencing, it, it was a shorter show because Matt's a coach and, and he had to leave early. And we actually divided the community assists up into three areas. So we covered the in-person ones and then the, the rest are to follow. So they'll be coming along. Okay. Okay. So let's go back to 2010 Expo. Okay. Toronto Expo again, 2010. I had bought two boxes of in-the-game ultimate memorabilia from Bruce Findlay, who owned Hobby Insider at that time. Now, there was a promotion where you would get redemption cards if you opened the boxes at the expo, right? So you very graciously agreed to do that for me. So here's here's a sample. These aren't anything too special, but just so you can see again. Oh, I These are the those. redemption cards that you got, like this, right? Yeah. So... One of the cards out of my box, which you wouldn't tell me until you came back to town, you, you told me the rest of them, but you wouldn't tell me that one, ended up being a, a, a Tim Hortons cut auto. And I turned that into about six other cards for the decades set that I was building. So here's, here's this is the key card from the decades set. So tell us about this card because it is a special card. Yeah. So 1910, um, it's the earliest memorabilia that I own. Um, I think it was Kurt, Gabby Guy, who I talked to a fair bit on Hobby Insider at the time. He mentioned that he, he was pretty sure there was four of these that were opened at the expo. Okay. So I knew they were in short supply. I had started the series already. Um, there was a guy on Hobby Insider. His handle was MTO for Life. His name was Murray. He opened cases of this stuff. And we had done a few deals already, plus um, Holy Goalie, Mike. I'd done some with him as well. And so out of the blue, he said to me, hey, 
guess what I just pulled? And it was this card. And he had about 20 offers on the table. And he just, he told me, he says, match the top offer and it's yours. And so that's what he did. So I built the set. Nice. Yeah. So who's on that card? Because that's a, that is a pioneer sort of card. You got four players okay. who played in the 1910s. Well, start here and then go here. So it's got um, Newsy Lalonde, Cyclone Taylor, Frank Nyber, and Patty Moran. Yeah, it's a very cool card. And that memorabilia is over 100 years old by now, even though the card is from 2009 the or 10. That's the 19. So there's a, it was a decade set. One card to represent yep. the 1910s, one to represent the 20s, and so on. There's yeah. 12 cards, I believe, in the set. Yeah, uh, really, really cool. Really cool. Anything, okay, well, what, what else? Uh, anything else to show or any more? Any other, any other stories that you couldn't tell on the show on Wednesday that you'd like to tell now? Well, I've got two more cards that still connect us. Okay, okay. Okay, so... Um... You'll have to help me remember. I think it was September of 2021 when you bought the Barons collection. Remember? Okay. And you gave me a call and said, hey, I bought a major collection from a local guy. And uh, there's a bunch of again in here if you want to come see what it looks like. So uh, I I went and I ended up buying just a few cards from you. (laughs) Um, But these are two of my absolute favorites from the group. So there's this one. Yeah, Panini Prime Cut, or what is it called? Prime? Prime Authentics. Prime Authentics, thank you, yeah. Yeah, Prime Authentics. Okay, so that was for my Aginla side, and you actually had something very nice for my Iserman collection as well. Oh, yes, so yes. eight players. With Gordy Howe, even. Yeah, yeah. so there's um, Sid Abel, Ted Lindsay, uh, Norm Ullman, Roger Crozier, Alex Del Vecchio, Steve Eiserman, Dino Cicerelli, and Brett Hall. Those are the nice. eight. Great, uh, a great mix of players representing the the Detroit, the history of the Detroit Red Wings franchise quite nicely. Jeff McMahon, I hope you're still here and got to see that card. Anything else, Al? The, anything else uh, that connects us, or is that is that the end of that? Uh, that'll be it for what connects us. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's move, let's move along then. I want to chat. I want to talk about the title of this episode, which is it's a celebration, not a competition. Can you, uh, can you just speak to that? Cause that was your quote. I didn't make that up that you said that when we were chatting the other day and I thought, there it is. There's a title for the episode. What does it, and you, you even said to me that that's something that you've been known to say. It's one of your favorite uh, sayings, that re- you know, as far as the hobby goes for you, so it's a celebration, not a competition. Just tell us what, wh- why that's important to you and what it means to you. Okay, I've got to know a lot of other Aginla collectors through my years. Uh, you know, like Grazzi, Jeff from Hobby Insider, Chris from Hobby Insider, Jaden. Uh, there's there's many more. It, it's so much more enjoyable to work together. And to celebrate the cards as opposed to, um, you know, bidding against each other and, and saying, oh, I want this, I want that, you know. No, I, I mean, as an example, Jaden and I have a really good relationship that way. If he really, really wants a card and he lets me know that, good. Whether I need it or not, it's immaterial at that point, okay? And he'll do the same for me. Um, the other thing, too, for me in the early days, I almost used to feel a little bit 
guilty about showing one of one cards just because I didn't want to come across as, you know, somebody that, oh, I got all these great cards, you know, look at this, look at this. I didn't want it to be looked upon that way. But on the other side of the coin, I thought if I'm a collector, wouldn't I want to see those cards? I don't want somebody to get those cards and right away put them in a box and not share them with anybody. What's the point of making that card if you're not going to share it with other people and we can all celebrate it together? So that that's basically what it means for me. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a great just a great way to approach the hobby and community. We, you know, we are as in this hobby, we do make so many we make friends and, and some of them we don't even ever meet in person. We just know some of them we know from message boards, Instagram youtube shows youtube chat boxes whatever it might be so it's a it's a great way to be and to help each other out and i'm finding that and i'm learning about more and more groups like private dm groups of people that collect peyton manning hang out together people that collect wrestling cards have group michael jordan cards there's all these different i'm i'm in a couple of these but i know there's dozens more out there that i'm not in because i don't I'm not a hardcore about it. There's a, there's a, I recently learned about a Ken Griffey Jr. private DM group and, and it goes on and on and on. So it's really nice to, to spread that message to really help out your fellow collector, celebrate with them and not necessarily compete, even though it's, I, it must be hard not to, because you mentioned you and Jaden, you'll, you guys will do that for each other. But what if there's a card you both really want? Has that ever happened? And, and, and then what happens in that case? I, I'm, I'm sure it has. Um, I don't remember a specific card, but I, I know there's times when we both really wanted something. I, I think we, we both sort of step back for a second and think about it, and then we reconnect and say, who, who does this card mean the most to? Um, you know, like, for example, he's got a project right now where he's collecting jersey-numbered cards. He's got over 190 jersey numbered cards for Aginla. Right. So if I see one, and this just happened a couple of weeks ago, somebody on Instagram messaged me and said, hey, here's a card. You might be interested. It's jersey numbered. Well, right away, instead of me bidding on it, I sent the message over to Jaden and said, hey, here's a card you might need. And you know what? It just feels right for me doing that because I don't need it. And, and he's got a project. I mean, our projects are special to us. It, what's, it's what drives us and keeps us interested and invested in what we're doing. Yeah, and I seem to remember when you came over to my house that time uh, when I picked up that collection from the Baron and you went through them because he was a big Flames collector. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like you picked out a card or two that were for Jaden too that you got yes. to say, well, right? So you, you're always thinking about him. And I, I know... I know Jaden myself saw he was at the, he came to the Edmonton Expo, a, a, a great, just a great guy, a great collector, an amazing artist. We, we showed some of his work earlier. He's a tattoo artist by trade. And you can almost tell with his, uh, with his pencil work as well. Really cool. And then the other, the other quote that you said to me that I, that I wrote down was make as many connections as you can. And I think that that one doesn't necessarily need much more explaining because we've talked about it, but I want to know in your personal experience, you know, how have your connections really enhanced your, your hobby? Not so much the cards you've received or, but you can talk to that too. So just how has it enhanced your experience? Okay. Well, I'll give you one 
example here, we're both members of the round table group, right? That Matt started. Okay. So for me, I enjoy being part of that group because you can be part of a discussion about the hobby and bounce ideas off one another. Um, it, it gives you, you, you know, I think back to my early days of collecting before 2008, when, when I was introduced to Hobby Insider, I was down in my basement bidding on again the cards. I wasn't sharing them with anybody. I wasn't talking about them with anybody. And I, I can honestly say it was not as enjoyable an experience as it is now, right? You get to, you get to see so many different things. And, and even, um, you know, like across the pond there, I've got a couple of friends in Finland, so Yarko and Tattoo, okay? Um, I get to see things through a different lens from over there that I you don't see over here, right? Yeah. So it's, it's about making friendships and, and connecting in that way. Yeah. yeah. You know, we talked about the assist, the community assists, and I did not take part in that episode uh, on the round, ta the round table episodes. And before I tell this quick story, I want to just let's shout out that initiative that Matt, uh, Matt, who's Tomcat Sports Cards. And, and for anyone who missed it, Matt was actually the guest on Sports Cards Live back on March 18th. It was episode number 178. And uh, since then, Matt start Matt and Mitch, I believe, kind of maybe are the are the are the, the the brain trust behind starting this uh, this content initiative. It occurs on the I'm gonna put up uh, Matt's uh, Matt's uh, message right here, one of his one of his comments, because this is his logo for the the youtube channel these are on the channels called the essential credentials and uh matt's been doing content for longer than i have Mo it used to be baseball but now he's switched almost exclusively hockey and he's now they've they've done four episodes i believe of these round tables and uh check them out guys go give a subscribe to essential credentials on instagram uh, on uh sorry on on youtube uh check out the four episodes they're every Wednesday night. I will be I will be going on one of them very soon in the next hopefully in the next month. I'll I'll make an appearance on one of these episodes. But it's a great group of guys that have been filling the seats on these. Uh, almost every one of them, I believe, I, I I met at the expo in Toronto. If I hadn't known them before, which was really cool. And so check these out. But Al, the reason why I want to you know one of the reasons why I want to talk about this again is that. You have been on two of these episodes, I believe, so far, and you're you're really this is really a, a nice outlet for you. And I know there's a lot of guys that are going to fill the seats every every week, so you're you're not going to see the same people every time. But how excited are you to be? Never mind being a part of the, just the 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 private the the private DM group where the plans are being made, but also being on the show and maybe being someone who's on there, say once a month or whatever it might be. I think the good thing for me is, is sometimes it puts me out of my comfort zone. I need to I talk about things that I don't know a lot about, but I'm trying to learn about. So in one of the episodes, they were talking about EPAC. Well, Jaden showed me EPAC. I, I go on it once in a while just to get the free cards, but I've never done anything else with it. So I'm, I'm no expert, but I'm there to, to talk about it and ask questions. And, and I think that's a benefit. Um, for me, that's that's one of the things I enjoy out of it. So, and it's always good for the audience to to have somebody on the screen asking the questions. It represents the people who might not know about it because mm -hmm. 
not everybody is typing up in the chat and all that. So, um, well, that, that, that's, re that's really, uh, really cool. So the last episode, the most recent one that Matt's comment on the screen right now is referencing where he says it was a quick episode because he had to leave early to go coach or something like that. So uh, there were a lot of stories they couldn't get to, but I just wanted to, uh, to shout out Porco sports cards right now, because this is my, my community assist uh, shout out of the day. Earlier today, earlier this morning, I get a DM on Instagram from Frank. He's Porco, Porco Sports Cards on Instagram. And if, you, if you're on Instagram, you know, if you're not following Frank, uh, Porco, that's his last name. Uh, give him a follow. Great guy. Got to, got to meet him at the Burbank show back in February and bought some cards from him there. Anyway, he collects a lot of rare 90s cards. And he reached out to me today saying, hey, I have an extra 1996 run for the cup Temu Solani card. Solani being, you know, my favorite player of all time. How do I? There yep. he is right there. Yeah. There's, there's, anyway, you can see it right there. I don't need to point to it. Solani's my, my all-time favorite professional athlete. And, um, and he said to me, you know, he, he bought it a couple months ago with me in mind, but kind of forgot for a while and reached out to me today and said, Hey, I came across this. If you want it, you can have it. Here's what I paid. You can have it for that. Um, just, you know, let me know. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to say no to that. Like, first of all, I don't have the card. It's a very special card. And it was just, uh, the, like just another, another example of the community kind of, um, celebrating with each other versus just competing and, you know, his generosity, his, 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 his thought. And, uh, and then his willingness just to flip it to me for what he paid, I thought was, was really nice too. So, we were going to do it where I'd pick it up from him at the Burbank show, which is not until the very beginning of September. I said, now, nah, you know what? I'd rather pay the shipping, which is going to probably be, it's it things to be like $25 US. I said, I'd rather pay the shipping to get the card here and have it in hand for three extra months of my life. You mm -hmm. know, for three months, three months is a long time. So, but you know what? I'm actually going to, I know it goes by fast, but I'll pay that extra money to get it in hand. And oftentimes I'm not in a rush to get my cards. I will wait, but that's one that I'm like, you know what? Send it out. I I'd like, I'd like to have that one. So I wanted to shout him out in, in the spirit of the most recent episode of the round tables on the essential credentials, YouTube channel. And Jeremy, if I could just add one thing, you talk about community assist. Um, a lot of us now Instagram seems to be our main marketplace our, our main area that we enjoy going to with with things like reels and stories that that can be very short-lived um, when you have people looking out for you and sending you messages and saying hey check out this story check out this reel you don't have to be the one that has eyes in all those spaces right that's a good and point that's what i'm finding on instagram i love it because i, I get messages all the time yeah, it, it is. It is awesome. Uh, name is in the house says, hello, guys. Sorry, I'm late. We were having dinner over at the in-laws. Well, you got to get fed name. Glad to hear it. The professor says, EPAC is something I learned about from the Marvel card community and not the sports card community. Yeah, Ball Upper Deck is big into Marvel as well. Jeff McMahon says, Matt's Collector's Roundtable series is a must watch. And got to agree, it's uh, it's just nice, nice watching people sit and chat hobby you know like real grassroots type of hockey talk so definitely agree with that so al you you've never been to national you've never been to the toronto expo you went to the edmonton expo this past 
uh, month. Or was that that yep. was actually earlier this month? Never fifth mind. The seventh. Yeah, the fifth to the seventh of this month. Mm -hmm. um, does after going to that, and we talked about you being there already, so we don't have to get into it a lot more. But after going to that show, does it make you want to go to to travel further to go to bigger shows, or are you happy staying put in the province of Alberta and just going to the local shows here? I'm happy in my own little pond. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And why, 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 why wouldn't you, you know, you're retired. So why wouldn't you hop on a plane, get a hotel room and go to Toronto for three nights and uh, come to the dinner that I, that I organize at the Jack Astor's on Thursday night. And I'm not trying to pressure you, but you know, we'd all love to see you there. I think, I, I think I've, I've mentioned to you before, it's too big for me, the Toronto show. Um, I'm not someone who does well in crowds, like when you're really crowded in and stuff. Um, and I think it would just be too overwhelming for me, honestly. Well, that, that's enough. my main and, reason. Yeah, and that's, I mean, and, and you know, I, I hear you, but I still wonder because I just know what, a, what kind of collector you are and how much you love your collection. And, you know, and then being a, a lover of cards and card shows myself, I think, I think to myself, even for you, like, wouldn't the desire to experience it? And I guess it doesn't, but maybe you can, maybe it's the same answer. I guess the, I guess the better way to put it, I'm a little surprised, if you will, that the, that the, the hobby experience of, of that big show and, and seeing all those cards wouldn't force you or, or cause you to get out of your comfort zone and just go kind of jump in and face those fears anyway. No pressure, of course. Yeah, I'll be honest. I, I've considered it. I mean, I mean, the thing for me, while I was working, I retired in 2016. I couldn't go because that weekend was report card interviews. So I, I could never go. So the decision was already made for me. Um, I will say this. It, the idea is starting to grow with me, mainly because of my experience in Edmonton. Um, the Sunday, when I went on Sunday was was all about connecting with the dealers. I spent more time deal, uh, talking to the dealers than I did shopping. And I still found some awesome stuff. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, and you know, let, me, let, let me tell you this too, because you did all right at the Edmonton show crowds-wise, and in Toronto, the crowds aren't that much heavier or thicker than they were at the peak in Edmonton. And when they are, which was like Saturday was a complete, it was a complete gong show in Toronto. But even then, there are still places that you can go to sit down and, you know, like at tables and talk to people and get away from the crowd or just not go on Saturday is another option too. not go on the busiest day. I'm just throwing this out there again. I've said it three times, no pressure, but it's yeah. all, it's still fun trying to coerce you to come anyway. So, you know. I, I got, I got, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't forgive myself if I didn't say these things. Okay. It, it'll be something I'll be thinking about. Let's put it that way. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Travis Hanna says, how often do you guys go to the Calgary shows? Would love to see you guys at one. Well, Travis, I go to the Acadia rec center, which is our monthly show. I go pretty much every month it's on. I'll go on the Saturday and I'll be there from between 1030 AM and noon. And then I got to go pick up my daughter from her dance class. So, that's pretty much when I go. And then the the other 
local show is there's really only one other local show and that's the one that darren from maple leaf sports started a couple years ago the problem with that is that it, i'm out i've been out of town the last two times he's done it so at other card shows one was during the burbank show i believe one was during the mint collective something like that so i couldn't yeah. even get i was out of town i couldn't go i've only been to one of those travis but um the 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 arc the acadia rec center show is the monthly here in Calgary. And it was last weekend, actually, a week ago uh, right now. How about you, Al? I, I've gone to all of Darren's. I think there's been five now. Am I right? I think sure. I think there's been five. Anyways, I, I go to all of them. It's only 10 minutes from my house. so. Um, but he has them April and October. So this last one was April 1st. Okay. And the October one, when was that? Because I was... Oh, maybe it was during the was expo. Towards the end of the month. Oh, maybe I was at the Montreal show that weekend. I just know that know that I was out of town. So uh, let's see what Matt says. Thank you, Jeff. Man, this has been a fun show to listen to. I could listen to these two tell stories all night. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Name says, do either of you guys have any good memories you'd like to share from the Hobby Insider message boards over the years? Oh, mm -hmm. boy, Name. I mean, I've, I've owned the Hobby Insider message board since 2012, which really just means I'm the lead administrator on the site. And um, there, there's, there's a lot, nothing, nothing really comes to mind. Well, what comes to mind for me is the community aspect of it and really the, the, the traditional pre-expo dinner, which started, which I carry on now, at expo on the thursday night and i've extended it to be much more than actually it's it's really there were only about a handful of hobby insider guys there this uh, last month in april uh it's become more of a sports cards live and just whoever's at the card show sort of thing but um but that would be one of mine are the experiences of hanging out in person going back to the bruce findley days who i acquired the site from and you know i think i joined it in 2004 or three and uh stuck you know and then acquired it from from bruce but i feel that it was more fun back in those days before facebook groups and instagram and youtube all became a a thing for the hobby because that has moved a lot and then photo sharing became difficult as we all know so um lots of great memories but nothing that comes to mind for me like on the message boards except except the one time i got to go to the upper deck pack up for the cup in 2009 that all happened because I challenged Upper Deck on the on Hobby Insider, and there were a lot of there were Upper Deck personnel that would frequent the site, and that's where I said, "Hey, if you guys won't won't capture images of all the patch cards from the cup, then I will come on my own time and my own dime and, and photograph those myself." And they took me up on that offer. So that happened on Hobby Insider. That's probably one of my favorite uh, memories. How about you, Al? Well, as I was listening to you and thinking about this, I thought of three things. So number one, knowledge. The knowledge that you see on those boards is second to none. Um, you know, there's been the odd time where I've put out questions like about show cards or certain series, and I always get an answer. Someone always knows. So that's one thing. Uh, second thing is the deals that I've done on Hobby Insider. That was my outside of eBay up until the time I got active on Instagram. That was my main source. I think my feedback is something like 122 or something on Hobby Insider. Uh, largest single deal that I've ever done was on Hobby Insider hmm. with Steve Quincy. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I'll, I'll show a card here too, because this is part of my Hobby Insider experience. Casey, 
who went by Straight Jacket. I don't know if you yeah, remember him. I do. STR, the number eight JKT. Sure. Um, he's the one that introduced me to Hobby Insider in 2008. Uh, I met him at uh, trading night. But uh, he helped me complete a, a, a bunch of stuff. But the, the main one, my white whale for many, many years was this card. Oh, auto draft. Out of 11. Yeah. Okay. Now this this card also has extra significance for me because I was able to complete the entire run of Aginla cards for SP Game Use 2005-2006, which is made up of 38 cards. And and again, this was my white whale. That's and, cool. And he had one and he sold it to me. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, hey, name. Thank you for that comment that gave us a little trip back down memory lane uh we'll do a couple more comments here lapper says al would definitely enjoy chatting with the dealers very much yes yes he does yes he does the professor says how do you think the dealers get their awesome stuff that's a whole episode in of in and of itself professor we're gonna we're gonna leave that one uh he says darren advertises on his store's website focus also seems to be on kids on the hobby Travis says, how are the Acadia shows? I've been to one of Darren's and the Not Acadia. Well, it's a small show, Travis, the Acadia show, and the vendors, are it's the same vendors pretty much every time, but some of them have the same stuff every time, but, it, but there's some guys there that actually do have different things, so I would highly recommend it. It's local, so come check it out, and if you come on the Saturday in the morning and you see me, please introduce yourself. It would be great to meet you in person. Name says, I agree with you about that, Jeremy. Those days on Hobby Insider were really enjoyable, made a ton of great connections with collectors there. Yeah, the just the amount of members visiting every day, the volume of posts every day and new threads, it's come down significantly in the last several years, really with the advent of social media. Terry Fortune says, Craig, also known as Full Colostomy Bag. That was the, that was the username. That was, a, was a classic on Hobby. And Chris Vegas Puck, who is now... Uh, who was with Panini for a long time and now is with Leaf Trading Cards. Uh, Chris Chris Barr is his name, and he was a guest on 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 Sports Cards Live uh, early on in the first twenty or thirty episodes, and um, he was a a regular on Hobby Insider for many years, an original moderator and everything. Terry Fortune says my two largest purchases also came from Hobby Insider, and Matt says can't wait to meet so many people from the Instagram community at the national this year. Yeah, well, Matt. Talk about a guy who's never been able to go to the expo because it coincides with busy time as a teacher is going to make his first big show, the national in Chicago, the granddaddy of all card shows. Uh, Matt, can't wait to see you there. That's going to be great for sure. Uh, Al, I got to ask you, you said that you did your first. Now, I know the answer to this, everybody. A uh, little, little bit of a plug here, but you did your first card submission for grading in Edmonton earlier this month. Tell us about that. Okay. Oh, you have the cards back already. I have the cards too. here. Yep. That was fast. So oh, good, good service from this from this grading company, I gotta say. <laughs> so, as I had said earlier, this is the first time I've ever put cards in for grading. I bought graded cards on eBay, but I've never put them in myself. Um, so I wanted to pick two cards that that had some significant meaning to me. So. One of them is this one. Oh, wow. So that's the 04 SP Authentic. SP Authentic Redemption. Redemption. Yep. 
And that's so a, that, that's, when I submitted this, so we can see, can you tilt it so we can see the top of it, the label a bit better? So it's a not, it's a, it's a tag nine. So you got it done with, with tag. Yeah. That's amazing. What's, what's the, what's the three digit grade inside the QR code? Can you see that? Yeah. Nine zero five. It's a nine zero five. So, yeah. But so having said that, I don't know if you can see this very yeah. well. I mean, look at those numbers. It's, yeah, it's edges, one number. It's the back at 892, which brought this card down. And you know what? Place. That's the original way it came from Upper Deck. There's some ink spatter on the back. Yeah. I still remember this when I got the card and I looked at it and I said, what's all this gold stuff, little dots and stuff. So there was ink spatter there. But I submitted uh, this card in the original um, top loader and envelope that Upper Deck sent to me back in the day when I redeemed that. Yeah. So th this one means a lot. The other one. That's and a again, great card, Al. I love that. I love that Crosby card, by yeah. the way. And I think well, it, well I, thank you. I mean, <laughs> and this is the other one. We know that uh, Bergeron's going to be retiring soon. So that one got a seven. Yeah. But it, it was also from, it was the back. If you look... And, and by the way, everybody, here, here's the front of this. I, I got to say, Tag's report on these cards is just off the charts. 22 pages I printed out. It's got everything, though. You could have shrunk it a little bit. Well, I know I could have. Yeah. Save yourself some paper. I'm just, I'm, just <laughs> bugging you. I'm just bugging you. But if you look um, here, here's the same page. So there's there's my numbers. And again, it's the surface, uh, 694. I, that's what brought it right down, right? Yeah. Everything else is right up there. So for me, when I look at these reports, I'm going, okay, the front of both of these cards is just about pristine. Yeah. When you look at a card, do you look at the back very often? Not at all. So I'm, I'm very happy. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's that's the nice thing about, about a detailed report like that is you really know why the card got the grade it did and and then if it's on if, if you don't care about the about the the reason for the lower overall grade well then that you can save some money by buying a lower grade card because it might be the flaw might be the defect the biggest offense offending defect might be on the back of the card so so yeah. i know how you were after me to go to expo so i'm going to be after you on something and i what know it's that? not totally in your control i'm just teasing here yeah to be able to grade my again low rookie cards. Oh well, you'll be so because it's because tag is only doing two thousand forward right now. Yeah. My 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 understanding from my communication with the team uh, down in Los Angeles is that by the end of this year, tag will be grading cards back to nineteen eighty nine. So Ooh, basically, basically the upper the beginning of the upper deck era when mm -hmm. their baseball set came out. So. Uh, excited for that and then you know we'll go back further uh in due course after that but uh to get to 1989 forward is the current uh the current plan as far as i understand so which so I'm, maybe I'm i might want to bring about. this one in then yeah oh yeah the metal the metal gretzky metal base card i have a copy of that too beautiful beautiful card i'm gonna go to a couple more comments here al uh terry fortune my two largest purchases also came from hi i think i did that one already uh, yes, I did. Oh, this was the one. Mitch says, the most I've ever spent on a card was from a deal made on Hobby Insider. 
And the professor says, why not do an, in I think this is, uh, this is to Matt. Why, maybe to me too. Why not do an Instagram live for Al and for all of us to join for the upcoming national? I think you can count on that. I think that I think that'll happen. I think that'll happen. Lapper loves that you printed the report out, the grading report. Yankees fan, nice to see you. Glad you're enjoying the show. Al is a class act. I mean, there's no doubt. There's no doubt about that. I've known. I mean, you know, I've known you for a long time, Al. So. To me, that's just like, well, of course he obviously he is, but I know you just met him, Yankees fan, so I'm glad you recognize that as well. All right, Al, is there anything? Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna look over my the, our, our show notes here and see. We didn't talk about soccer. Would you like to say anything about the soccer cards that you collect and your interest in soccer before we start to wrap up? Uh, yeah, I was just looking. Around. Oh, here it is. Okay. I couldn't remember Matt, where I, I put my sheets. So Matt does. Sorry, Matt does say that uh, he is he is planning on doing a live show on YouTube uh, from the national as well. Go ahead, Al. Okay. So this is my new project now. I, I love the look of these. So I've got Mbappe. I've got uh, Messi. I've got. Um, oh, Here's the Messi it? right here. I can. You sent me this picture. Yeah. Of yeah. Got that. Um, oh. Who's the English guy? Um, the English captain. Uh, he won the Golden Boot at one point. Uh, I can't remember his name. Anyways, I've got his coming in. This is my little project. I like to make little projects. Um, and, and a lot of times it can be cards that are um, more affordable. I'm, I'm not always looking for high-end stuff. So host city cards for soccer. That was one of the ones that I went with. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is from Brazil. There's, there's actually, there's a few more here, but this is the the one page. Okay. All the different cities that it hosted for Brazil, and then here's the other page. There's those, nice. and these. Okay. Yeah. And then Russia, same deal. So there's there's oh, yeah. more than this page, but I. I didn't pull the other page out. Is it Harry Kane, Lapper, and, and Matter? That's it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Mark wants to know: Do you have any Manchester United cards? No. No. I'm, I, well, actually, no. I shouldn't say that. I, I I have bought soccer boxes in the past, and I do have binders full of soccer cards. But I, it's mostly World Cup stuff. I do have some. Um, other team stuff, but uh, yeah, I, I I don't follow that in my collecting as much. Okay, so. I'd like some Ted Lasso cards. I'm I'm up to date on Ted Lasso right now with with my wife and uh, and they just played in Manchester. They just played Man Man United uh, in the episode we watched yesterday. Okay, but it's all fictitious, so I'm not uh, I'm not I'm not collecting the cards. But I would collect Ted Lasso cards. I got to tell you that if they if they did a series of those count me in it's 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 like it's the, mo it's the most feel-good show i think i've ever watched have you been I've watching never seen it never seen it yeah no. it, it's really good jake doll wants to know any pele cards in your collection uh no but i do have two special ones here that i wanted to share sure um so this is one ronaldo auto yeah. okay nice and then this one, 
Shout out to Mikey at Eastridge. This is from a box that I bought from him in the store. I actually uh, went, made the trip down there. It's like half the city away from me, but I, I went down there and got this one. Ooh. And who's on that card? So this is uh, Dybala, Maradona, Kempes, and Batistuda. And I believe Batistuda was one of the guys that uh, brought the World Cup trophy into the arena, didn't he? When Argentina won? I'm pretty sure that was him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, that was him. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, man, I very no... special. I like that card a lot. I, I, have, I have no idea, Al. Uh, I was just playing <laughs> along with you there. I have, I have I, no idea. I have to admit, I'm, I'm not a soccer expert, but I do love World Cup. Yeah. Well, you're not alone. You're definitely not alone in that. Well, listen, we are, we just hit the two hour mark. So let's wrap this up. Uh, well, the professor wants me to show the messy card again. I will with the risk that you won't be able to hear me because it seems to, my, my, my connection seems to falter when I screen share, but uh, there it is for the professor to see 21, 22 Merlin Chrome UEFA Renaissance card. That is a very pretty card. And um, I got that at the Calgary show. Okay. From Jamie. Yeah. Oh, Jamie had it. Nice. I bought a card from Jamie at the Edmonton Expo. Very nice. Very nice. There you go, Professor. Hope that hope that served what you needed. Well, Al, listen, it's been it's been nice to have you on uh the the episode. And um, you know, I'll see you. I'll see you soon, I'm sure. And we're we're, we're in touch. And uh so don't need a, a big long drawn out goodbye with you. Uh, what does Matt say? He says, thank you all for sharing some of your non-sports stuff we hadn't talked about before. Amazing show as usual. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank, thank you, you to Matt. Well. Thank you, Jeff McMahon, Professor. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark Santucci. Um, and yeah, uh, as was mentioned in the chat earlier, the Dallas Stars did win tonight. So they are now down 3-2 to the Las Vegas Golden Knights and going to game six. And I noticed the Celtics won their game six. They were down three, nothing. They now won three in a row and they're going to game seven. Uh, that's uh, against Miami. That's pretty amazing. And they only won by one point tonight and they were ahead by a lot. I was watching it on my phone. They were ahead by a lot more at times and they won 104 to 103. And that series, oh, the Miami faithful must be very nervous right now. Thank you, Lapper. Thank you, Name. Thank you, Professor. Thank you, Jeremy Fellow. Five ball. Al, let's wrap it up, guys. Back on tomorrow, as long as my mic is working at 7.30 with Josh Madigan to cover the PWCC hockey auctions. And then Tuesday, taking stock with Dennis Zender, talking about buying the card or buying the grade. And then a week from today, Jimmy Mahan, pretty well-known guy, uh, in the hobby, if you're familiar with him and his roadshow cards franchise system. Sorry to hear that. Matt, don't speak about the Celtics win. Well, sorry about that, buddy. But, hey, that's what happened tonight. So, good luck to you in Game 7. Al, we're going to sign off. So, we'll let you say a final word and we'll we'll end this. Well, first of all, thank you to you, Jeremy, for inviting me onto your show and allowing me to share my passion for the hobby um and you know I, I really enjoyed it the two hours just flew right by <laughs> it really so, which shouldn't be surprising because our planning session was over an hour too so <laughs> well we could 
we could just go for lunch and talk for two hours, no problem, yeah. too. So, um, and uh, yeah. shout out to all the people with the comments tonight. Really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody for joining. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday night. And for now, this episode of Sports Cards Live is over. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.